from the Duck South Studios in Morgan City, Mississippi. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. I want to punch you in the face so bad right now. This is the On The X podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Get the governor harumph. What we've got here is failure to communicate. This podcast is being brought to you by Joseph Presley at Four Corner Properties. Joseph Presley is the 2016 Recreational Real Estate Agent of the Year for Mississippi. If you are in the market for a piece of deer, turkey, or duck hunting property in Arkansas, Louisiana, or Mississippi, give Joseph a call. Joseph can be reached at 601-540-7240 or check out their website at www.4cplandandhomes.com. I said what I said and I'll stand by it to the death. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And now, here are your hosts, J. Paul Jackson. They spent... Listen to this, $1 million on ads against me in Iowa. Now here's the good news. They use the best pictures. I look so good in those pictures. I'm trying to find where they got them. Rocky LaFleur. Yo, Adrian! Jake LaTundras. Where are you going? Going west. Gotta go west. And Josh Webb. You don't say much, do you? Welcome to the On The X Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I'm Rocky LaFleur, and I've got my co-host, Mr. Josh Webb, the turkey man himself. And we're lucky enough to have the turkey expert back with us this week. Uh, Josh and I, gosh, I'll just have to say, I told Troy this, and I hope he doesn't mind, but uh, Josh, all the past days, said, look, you just need to get Troy on there with us to talk about the couple of subjects we need to talk about. So I'm glad that I got a hold of Troy because Troy is a busy man this time of the year, filming with primos. And Troy, how's, how's it been as far as the travel, what you've seen while you were traveling? The season's been incredible. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, we started off in Florida there the middle of March, on the 17th of March. Uh, those turkeys down there, those ocelots were just, and they were just ripping the woods apart. Uh, this year, we actually killed, we killed all old long spur turkeys, uh, and just some incredible hunts, just a bunch of mean turkeys. And then we left there and came home, and uh, we messed around here for a couple of days here in Mississippi, and wasn't really a whole bunch going on. The weather was pretty nasty for a couple of days, and then we, Brad and I, him, me, him, Lake. We went to uh, we went to Mexico, uh, and everybody when you hear Mexico, everybody thinks you're going after the ghouls. But we actually hunt Rio Grande. We were we were on a good friend of ours ranch, uh, just right across the border in Eagle Pass, Texas. And uh, man, it was it was crazy. I mean, it was unbelievable the amount of turkeys you got on that place. When you when you drive up to the ranch, you think, man, turkey on this thing ain't a tree in sight. You know, for a bunch of mesquite bushes, but he's got the San Antonio River running right through his ranch. I can promise you there's some footage on that on that trip that when we're down in that river bottom that I could play it for you and you'd think I was in Kansas. They they got pecan trees on that place that are bigger than anything I've ever seen and cypress trees that'll blow your mind. I, I wanted to measure one of them because I, I know where the, the state record cypress tree is. It's over there in Natchez somewhere or something. And I think this tree will dwarf it. But anyway, uh, Mexico was good. We had good hunts there. We had fun. Uh, those, those old mean turkeys did not have anything to do 
they they would they would come after a three quarter strut Jake, but he put a full strut in, you know, Bobo or one of our chicken on the sticks or whatever, and they would just stand there and look at it, turn around, and walk off. And I thought, well, you know, that's all I've ever seen. And then we left there and crossed the border and went over into Texas on a buddy's place and um, place that nobody knew anything about it. The guy says, yeah, we we deer hunted a little bit. It's got a couple of turkeys on it. So we met him that morning and man, we was running late. Uh, the guy didn't meet us at the ranch. It's, you know how turkey hunters are. Every every minute counts. You feel like you're losing. You're just gonna, it's not going to happen. And by the time we got out to the ranch, the sun was already up. We standing at the truck talking. Brad's talking to the, the ranch manager. And I just kind of walked away from the truck and I hooted and turkey gobble. And Brad looked at me and says, was that what I thought it was? I said, exactly. So that guy said, so that's how you do that, hunt. And within 10 minutes, that turkey was dead. And... Uh, <laughs> The, the ranch manager, he he left us, but we called him, and uh, he answered the phone. He says, what's the matter? Y'all couldn't get him? And I said, no, he's dead. He said, well, I'm over here on the north side of the ranch, and I just heard one gobble up on this bridge, blah, 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 blah. I said, all right, we'll be over there in a minute. So we drove over there, and we walked up the creek. He said, I think he was over there on that big hill on the other side of that pasture. And uh, I walked up to the edge of the field just to see if I could see anything. Nothing was there, and I, I yelped one time, and nothing yelped. Nothing. I yelped a little bit louder. He cut, and this thing hen commenced to screaming at me like I owe her money, and and I couldn't. <laughs> I, I literally could not yelp or cut fast enough to outdo her. And I could see her running down the, the hill on the other side of the field, and that gobbler was about 15 yards behind her. He was trying to strut, gobble, drum spit, do all that at one time. On on top of that, trying to keep up with her. And she got about 60 yards from me on a dead run, and Brad was behind me. And I just let him start calling behind me. And she just ran by me like Wiley Coyote. And, and, and here comes old Dumbo behind her. He was just a waddling his way in there. And he got right in front of me, and I just yelped at him real soft. And he was like, oh, another one? And he thought he was the man and gave him, gave him a little bit of a headache. And then well, that uh, afternoon, we got, on, we got on another one in the same thing. We called another hen in. So the, the hens... In Texas, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about that, but those two hunts right there, um, that, that to me, I enjoy listening to Turkey Gobble. Don't get me wrong. That's what we go for. But there is nothing more rewarding and more educational than to be in the woods and, and in the springtime and matching wits with an old boss hen. I, all I'm saying, if, if you learn so much from them that, that – to me, people always say, I need tips, I need this. If you want tips, go sit in the woods and find you a hen that will teach you something. Because that's where you learn. That's exactly right. Well, I'm glad you said that because Rocky and I had a long talk the other day about it. And um, Hold on. And, 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 don't, and Josh, Josh wrote an article about it for Duck South last week. And that led to Josh and I's conversation about this. And, you know, he was telling me a story about a hen on his place. And I said, man... You know, we've got to bring a turkey expert in here to, to confirm what, not that I didn't believe Josh, but, but to confirm what, you know, well, what Josh I, yeah, is talking I, about. No, first, of all, seen it. And first of all, I'm no turkey expert. I just get to go a lot. So that, that, let's, let's clarify <laughs> that. I'm, I, ain't, I am not or I ain't. Well, I ain't because I'm from Louisiana, but I am not because I do have a little bit of education. But I am not a biologist. But I have, I'm like you guys. I've. I, just when you think you've seen it all, something happens in the woods and you go, 
thing. I got to talk to folks about that. See if anybody's ever witnessed this. Before. That's right. Well, you know, and we Rocky and I got in talking about hens and and you know how they they dictate more that goes on in the woods than you think. Sometimes, sometimes it's obvious, but but you know, I, I mentioned to him that a few years ago on our place, on one of our places that we hunt. And I, I literally, I mean, there was there was two gobblers in there, um, you know, in this in in one area, but and there was several hens in there early in the season. Both gobblers had know, sixteen, eighteen hens with them. You know, it was a big bunch. They stayed together. But as the year went on, hens started nesting. It, it, anyway, it got down to to one hen. Now there was also one hen that did all the talking early in the season too. But long story short, it got to the point where. I when I went hunting, I just didn't go over there because I didn't. I mean, I knew that there was two fully grown goblin turkeys over there, but I wasn't going because of that hen. Uh, she, I mean, mm-hmm. she just, she just absolutely just drove me to the point of just not not going in there, and um, <laughs> you know, and I mean, it just drove me nuts. And and then, and that's been several years ago. With them, uh, we've got another place that we hunt, not too far from my house, and last year. A hen did that to me, and I thought, okay, well, uh, I, I mean, she 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 cut me off. She got extremely. I've had them get mad at me, and and I I'm the same way, Troy. I absolutely love talking back and forth with a hen. I, I mean, I love it. Mm-hmm. And um and so last year, uh, whatever reason, turkeys didn't do much on the limb, but a little while into hunting, a hen answered me, and she got fired up, and she got mad. And when she started doing all that, she was coming down the hill to the pasture to us, a turkey gobbler. And and I said, okay. And, and you know, I knew there were turkeys in the area. Uh, he finally gobbled. Well, I've been through this. Me and my wife hunt a whole a whole lot together. And and we had another another boy with us who don't hunt much. And you know, Katie looked at me and she said, when she comes down there, if she's by herself, you're running her off, aren't you? I said, yeah. And the boy with us said, you're going to do what? I said, well, if she comes out and there's not a gobbler with her, I'm running her off. He said, why? I said, because she's headed across this pasture to this turkey, and she's going to take him from us. Mm-hmm. I, I, oh, I yeah. guarantee you. So anyway, she comes out, and, and, and she comes out, comes running straight through. I had a little hen decoy out there. I, I saved that decoy's life. She was headed straight for him. And uh, anyway, I just kind of stood up and waved my arms a little bit, and she went on, and then we proceeded to get on to, you know, uh, across the creek and got on that goblin turkey and the boy with us said i've never seen anything like that you know why would you do that and i said just i've just i've just seen it and there's been two or three times in 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 my life where a hen takes dominance in an area uh just like a a goblin and 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 so anyway so that was last year well then this year go to hunt that place again and and the boy that that we've gone with us before he had gone the day before and he said i went so and so told me where he went and he said i heard i heard four or five turkeys gobble and he said but the hen came to me she was mad she was cutting up she I mean, she came straight down the hill to me and i said well where were you and he told me well, he was in the same exact spot <laughs> that place last year i said oh crap <laughs> i said okay i said well he said well, so what do you want to do you know this was the next morning i said well we're gonna go but we're gonna get past where he called her up, and we did, well past it. Got back there, got between two turkeys gobbling, hadn't heard anything, turkey answering us 
was the only turkey there. You know, if, if he had hens with him, he did not end up having hens. But if he did, they weren't saying anything. But when he mm-hmm. he gobbled on the limb good, flew down, and was coming up the ridge on his way to the logging road we're in, and he hadn't been on the ground 30 seconds. And about 200 yards behind me, as far as I can hear up through the woods, I hear a hen. And the, the boy that was with us, he said, that's right where she was yesterday. I said, yeah, I know. I said, she's coming. I said, just mm-hmm. keep your gun pointed that way. He's about 20 yards ahead of me. I said, you just keep your gun pointed direction he is. And I sat there, and I hoped and I prayed she would come down that logging road just so I could meet her face-to-face again and run her off. And she didn't. She went around and went down in the bottom and got with him. Yeah, see, so that's, that's, and that's, what they, and that's usually so what they do. Instead of coming right to you, they start coming. That's it. That's it. And uh, I mean, I've well, it sounds I've, to me you're dealing with the same old hen, and 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 that's absolutely. Yeah, to me well, there's that, no doubt. that's the whole that's the whole deal when it comes to hens. You know, we 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 estimate based on biology and and the beards and the spurs and the weight and all that stuff. We estimate how old a gobbler is based on what we know. But we don't know how old those hens are. We haven't got a no. Well, we and we you don't know, know the what other games they play. We don't know what they've done. Exactly. We don't know what they've seen. And that, that's you know, it. That's, where I'm, that's where I'm going with it. Um, and that was another thing I told Rocky. I said, you think about, you know, a lot of turkeys every year get killed. Uh, out of you know, they'll have hens with them, or they'll leave hens, come across the field, whatever, come through the woods and get killed. But think about how many times a hen has seen or heard that the one. You know, even if they don't see it. That gobbler walks out of sight 100 yards from there, you hear a boom, then you hear people talking and high-fiving and walking out and you walk past them or whatever, or maybe she's standing right next to him when you kill him. Well, I mean, heck, they know and have seen so much more than those gobblers have, um, well, some of them. And it's just, uh, you know, I think no it's an overlook. Well, they're no different than, a, than, a old, than an old doe or they're no different than a cow elf. They, they have two things in life to do. That's reproduce and survive, and that's all they have to do. Um, and and when when those hens, you get an old hen like that that's on a place that knows every bush, every tree. I mean, she she's pee waiting on O on any given day. And when she hears an intruder on her little turf, she's coming. And I, I've seen it where you get up and try to spook them, and they'll run off sixty, seventy yards and make a big loop and go around you. They're gonna do whatever they gotta do to get to that golf. What did I tell you about that one, Rocky? Sometimes you can't deal with them. I, I, we did that. Rocky I thought I was crazy for telling him that. But, but I, I did that before. Uh, ran one off and made a loop and ended up coming back, actually a little bit closer to us. When The first time I spooked her, she was 75 yards or so from us and, and ran her off on purpose. She We kind of came out the same time, headed, headed to the gobbler, and uh, ran her off and sat up. And the turkeys kept answering us, and, and, and we're coming, and she came right back. And that's like I told Rocky. I said, I, I did everything I could to kick that hen when she came by me. Because because, yeah. she was, because that was twice that she was coming up there. And, uh, and, but the second time didn't work. Even I, I did that. I mean, I literally kicked at her. And, uh, and well, she wasn't. You, uh, a, and, and she went, she went right on. Yeah, a scenario that you can do to kill a gobbler with a hen like that is, Especially if you're hunting with a buddy like that, it's the same. It's the same tactic we use when we're elk hunting. You get your buddy to drop back 75, 80, 100 yards behind you and call, and let him pull that hand by you, um, and let that gobbler follow. But 
a lot of times you, you run into a situation where you get on a turkey, but she comes in and gets in between you and the gobbler and winds up taking the gobbler off. Uh, yep. And, and, and be honest with you, you get some of these old hens, I, I sometimes wonder, I don't know this uh, as a biologic, as, as, a, as a biological standpoint of it, I'm most sure you get some of these old hens just like you would an old doe that they get to the point to where they don't even lay eggs no more. They just want to rule the roost, and they and they want to run the pest. They want to run the ridge. They want to take care of everything. And they may never ever go to nest, and you may have to deal with that hen throughout the whole season. So, you know, you have to change wow. the way you hunt sometimes when you're dealing with a hen like that. I don't know that, but I know there are does that that get so old they can't have little ones no more, and I know there's elk, cow elk that do the same thing. Uh, and, you know, whether it's, uh, a turkey can do that, a hen turkey, I'm not 100% sure of that, but I've seen these hens that stay with gobblers all the way till the end of the season, and you still see them, I think you see them late in the middle of late May still walking around out in the pasture with the gobbler. So, let me pose two questions to y'all. I'm going to pose two questions. Right. Let's let's dig into the science just a little bit because well, we have to get to another to subject. Here. You're going to pose but, two questions, but we're going to give you 88 answers. <laughs> well, let, me, let me ask you this. Do you think that hen could be the gobbler's mother, or do you do you think it could be jealousy on her part? You know, that that was something that I, that I brought up was, you know, that's an interesting thought to, to think about um, because as, as young, as, you know, as a, as a poet, a turkey knows to do what his mama teaches it. So, you know, a Jake or even a two-year-old, um, you know, that's interesting to think about. If that's a two-year-old out there gobbling on a limb or gobbling on the ground and there's a hen that is taking him somewhere else, everybody assumes that's the one he wants to breed. How do you know it's not just his mama? Well, and that, I, You know, that's I, just, I, that's just I, something I, crazy I, to think about, really. Well, I'm, I'm most sure that the if you want to call it interbreeding, I'm most sure that happens in in the wild. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a biologist, so I don't know the answer to that, but I know in the chicken world, you know, roosters and chickens, you can have, you know, roosters and chickens mate with their, their young, and then it's just the way it goes. But whether that happens in that world, I do not know that. But if, let's say that is his mother. And, and as far as jealousy goes, I don't think they have, Feelings when it comes to jealousy or issues, it's it's a it's it's a God given yeah it's a, a God given God gives them this well the, the, the God gave the animals the know how and the way they do things and they know they have to they have to reproduce they got a certain amount of time to make it happen and that's the turkey rut you got a turkey rut you got a white tail rut you got a coon rut you got a skunk rut every animal has a rut I don't care what anybody says they all have a rut they have a time in a season to do the things that they have to do to reproduce and have their young. And the hen's job is to mate with as many gobblers as she can. Now, let's say a hen is bred by a gobbler, she lays a whole clutch of eggs, and she loses that whole clutch of eggs to predators. She stays fertile based on the first time she was bred, so she doesn't have to be bred again, so she could start laying again. But once she starts laying again, she lost that nest, and she'll start laying again. So she'll have to put eggs, start putting eggs in her nest. So she's not really nesting. She's not laying. She, I mean, she's not nesting. She's laying. So she becomes another hen that's back out in the field again. You know, 
does her thing, takes around, does what she's got to do, hang around. She may not want to be around a goblin, and she knows that. So in her, in, 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 in the biology side of it, at that point in time, does that hand go back with the gobblers, or does she just stay away from them and do her own little thing? Now, when it comes to those old boss hands like you guys are talking about, it, maybe that's his mother. It possibly could be his mother, and it possibly could be his sister. It could possibly be his cousin. It could possibly be whoever, but that boss hand is the ruler of that area. Rocky, and, and I know y'all all have seen it in Waterfowl, too. You, you get mallard hens towards the end of the season when they start to pair up and fly them off. They become mean. Them jokers get in there and go fighting like turkeys, man. And it's 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 a dominance issue, and it's it's what they do. Um, you know, the biological side of it, I don't understand all of it. But as a hunter and, and knowing that you have those false hens that come into a field and, and will basically take over everything, um, you just got to change your tactics on, on how to hunt with her around. I've had some old-timers out west in the in the elk country. You'll be standing out there looking at 200 head of elk, and you'll have an old-timer look at you and say, see that lead cow right there, the one doing all the smelling and standing and sniffing and looking everything over? You kill her, and the rest of the herd won't know where to go. They de- they depend on her for every move they make. That's, That's it. crazy. But, um, hey, you know, hey, John, and, and, hey, John tell the, I want I want. Troy to hear this. I want the listening crowd to hear this real, real quick because we got to get to the other part that we're going to talk about today. But tell, tell Troy about the, the the turkey that Katie killed and the hen that was coming in with that turkey real quick. Oh, this year, the one she killed this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was uh, anyway. Turkey was gobbling on the limb, and again, he you know he was the only turkey making any noise until right about the time he got ready to fly down. I mean, he he gobbled, and the next time he gobbled, he was on the ground. And when he did that, a hen yelped, and then she started cutting, and then she started yelping. I said, "Dang, you know, she's okay. She's with him." Well, of course, we were in the Delta, and those woods, and it was second or third day of season, so you can see forever up through the woods. Well, anyway, by the and by the time I could see him, he had, it was him, he was standing there strutting and had two hens with him. I said, okay, good. I said, well, that's that's not too bad. They were coming our way, and um, I said, okay, that's, we can hopefully manage that. Well, then, before it was over with, you know, they were coming up out of a, out of a break there. It ended up being 17 or 18 hens, but... Leading all of that was one hen. Now, she left his side, and she, she literally got in the front of the pack. And they were feeding along and, and taking their time. I mean, from the time we saw him to the time Katie killed him was 20 minutes or better. But she went, and, you know, she zigzagged her way, and she never said another word once they got in view. Now, we did have a, did have a, a decoy out. So, uh, you know, t- to me, she was satisfied. She saw the other hen up there that, you know, had had, had been talking to her and, she saw her, but she was making her way up there. Well, then she started to really kind of swing around like a deer, like she was going to win this. She started to swing around, and she was 60 yards or so, and he was actually on the other direction, about 70 yards or so. Well, I yelped real soft, and he you know, he didn't do anything but just keep on strutting, and not not many of the other hen's heads went up. They just, just thought it was you know normal hen talk, but she picked her head up, and she came walking. She went right back across in front of us. I've got all this on video. She goes right back across in front of us about 40 yards and goes swings. And I'm sitting behind my wife and my father-in-law. I'm sitting behind them 
you know, good little ways. And anyway, she goes back across. Well, when she did that number, he got with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I said, dang, okay. I said, well, this is all right. I mean, you know, everything's cool. It's just she's the obvious, you know, the obvious boss. She comes all the way around, and I, I just, I had the camera on the on the gobbler and and it was recording, and I just, I just, I quit. I quit messing with the camera. I just, you know, just dropped my hands down in my lap. So I quit, you know, I quit really paying attention to him because I'm watching her. From that time, I just real soft yelped and, you know, purred, clucked a little bit. That's all I did, just to calm everything down because she was she was really kind of taking him away from me. She makes a loop around. Before it was over with, um, the gobbler kept coming closer, 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 and I was turned as far around behind me as I could get but that hen had come all the way around and made a loop and was standing, she wasn't about 12 or 15 feet from me. And I was just sitting there watching her. And out of the corner of my other eye, I'm watching the gobbler and everything go on. I knew he was close enough for Katie to kill him. But, you know, Katie's killed plenty of turkeys. When, when she gets her opportunity, she's going to kill him. I wasn't worried about that. But I was worried this hen was about to screw everything up. Because she's looking. This whole time, she's looking. And I mean looking hard. And even though mm-hmm. that... I'm thinking, you know, surely she thinks that decoy is the one who yelped. Anyway, no, she keeps she, 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 she coming. keeps coming. She knows that she keeps coming. By. I mean, yes, yeah, that's right. And she keeps coming. Well, she gets. I mean, at this point, she's she's ten or twelve feet from me, and she did not. There was nothing. Not to me. There was nothing worried or, uh, you know, irritated about anything she did. <laughs> She just went pop pop and then and then yelped. She just yomp yomp yomp, and she actually put her head down. But every other head in the woods out there went up, including his. And Katie killed him. And, and Katie and Katie said, "I wasn't waiting any longer." He said, "When when she made a noise, he was." He, and she said, "I don't know if he was coming closer or leaving, but I went in and killed him." I said, "That's fine." But that right there told me that it didn't it didn't matter. There was eighteen twenty other hens out there. What she said mattered. And when when she well, said it, what she did is she when she said she, it, she could see that everybody decoy. listened. Yeah, she seen the decoy, and she was making her way. That decoy, when they get to a decoy, you get some of them that run right up to it and do it, do all that crazy stuff. But most of the hens, you know, they'll see the decoy, and for her, what she was doing, she was watching that decoy the whole time. She's making that round around it, and it ain't moving. Yep. Yep. And once it gets to a certain point, she'll accept it and go, okay. Whether they think it's real or it's not real, they just look at it and go, ah, it's not what I think it is. But I know exactly, exactly the X on the spot where that calling where that, from. And I got to find it. it. And she did so that. I mean, she, that's exactly she was very, what she did. But, but they're going to be very cautious when they come up to that. They're not going to say nothing. They're going to come walking up there, and they're going to do everything they can to find you. And when they can't find you, what she got to the point, she, she, when she, what she did was she let all those other turkeys know I'm not in the field no more. Here's where I'm at. And she said, I'm over here. Hey, y'all. And, you know, and that's, that's the other and point. All the other I point went, out. Oh. That, that's the other point I want to point out. She was 30 yards or better from the closest turkey to her. She was. She had separated herself, which was which was way. I mean, you know, the, the gobbler was on out there, you know, 40-something yards, um, you know, when Katie killed him. But, um, but that, and that, that was the other point. They were all... Uh, another, I guess, to kind of put an idea of the way I, the way I was facing, the way the turkeys came from, and where she was, 
uh, everything kind of happened uh, quartering into us from our left as far as where the gobbler came from and where Kate killed him. And this hen made her way all the way around behind me. So you're talking a complete, I mean, she was, which was all the way behind, you know, my wife and father-in-law. Uh, I mean, she was in I'm a completely, on, different, say, completely different spot than any other turkey out there. I'm going to say 85 to 90 percent of those turkeys that were out there in that field were her folks. Well, and, wow. and, and that's something that's, that crossed my mind. Um, that's that's definitely something oh, that crossed my it. mind. But now that gobbler was, uh, he was a, a smart old sucker himself. I mean, he actually he was the biggest turkey that we killed off that place. Um, he was, mm-hmm. he, you know, he he was big. You know, he was a 21, 22 pound turkey and inch and three eight spurs. He he was a big, big turkey. Um, so he, you know, and, and turkeys get that old, they get wary anyway. You know, they get extra wary anyway. But with every single turkey out there, not a single one of them made a sound for, I mean, you know, from the time they flew down, except for her. Um, yeah, I mean, other than normal, you know, feeding and little clucks of purrs, you know, just the normal stuff here. But, but she, you know, she did. She just real quick, just rawr, 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 and every head out there went up. And I that said, was oh, man. Yeah, that was just her saying, I'm over here. I'm looking for what I can't find. Um, but here's where I'm at. She's just letting everybody know where she was. That's all she did. And I guarantee you, a, a big majority of those turkeys in that in that flock were her folks. Um, I ran into that same thing in in Mexico this year. Had two hens and about seventeen other hens with her, and then four gobblers following them. And when they finally got up there, it's funny. This hunt's pretty incredible. We didn't kill neither one of those turkeys, but one of them they were they were coming to roost, going by us to go roost on the river. And make a long story short, when they all got close up to us, I could see that. Out of the 11 or 12 hens, eight of them, I think it was eight or nine of them, were all folks, young hens. And the other two were the old hens. And the gobblers, one of them had long spurs, the rest of them were two-year-olds. And when they all started flying up, because Brad and I were sitting across from each other on the road, um, when they started flying up, they all flew up where they normally would because Brad had to move. They kind of got spooked. And one gobbler flew across the road. Well, then he tried to fly back across the road to roost with the other circuits. He hit a power line and executed himself. <laughs> Wait, what now? Start that over. Yeah, it, it's the craziest <laughs> thing you ever want to see. We're sitting there, and I'm talking to Brad, and we, we, we knew where they were going to come down this main caliche road to go to the river and roost, and then we, we planned it perfect. And I said, man, if we can get them coming down the road, it'd be cool to kill a double and end this episode on a double. Well, they're coming down the road, and just like, you know, all fashion, we start yelping in the hand, start yelping back, and they all start coming down the road where the hens come first. Well, it's a whole wild of them. It's, it's two two mature hens and a, and a bunch of young turkeys with her. It's hard this year's colt. And um, they get up there first, and they realize something ain't right, so they just kind of stand around there, and they're all just standing there, clucking and purring and preening, getting ready to fly up. They don't know where they're there. And, and Brad was sitting in such a way that he just got real uncomfortable, so he had to move his arm. When he moved his arm, one of the hens seen him, and they just exploded like a covey of quail. And... We were sitting under a bunch of big lava trees, and they all just started flying up. Well, the gobblers walked back up the road, and a couple of the hens, and they calmed down, and then they started flying up, flying down the road. And one of the gobblers, instead of following and flying to the left side of the road, he flew up on the right side of the road. Well, once they got all in the trees, me and Brad just sitting there talking and whispering, and Lake pulls in on Brad because I'm talking to Brad, and I hear that turkey squat trees. He's going to fly from one side of the road to the other, and the ranch we were hunting on, the guy has a power line, 
small power line running from the river to one of his water tanks out there for his cattle. And this turkey flew right into the power line. He hit the first line, and the momentum from, from the way to him and flying, the momentum pushed him into the second power, the second line, and uh, he just electrocuted himself. It's just the dangest thing you ever seen on video. You don't see it, but you're sitting there oh, watching man. it, and all, all, of a sudden, all of a sudden you hear, pow, and you see the just big white flashing sparks. And I walk up there and pick up this turkey, and he's got four beards and inch and a half fur. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. And I mean, he's as dead as a hammer. The top of his head was, the very top of his head was burnt, and his uh, his thigh had some burn marks on it. So basically, he just grounded himself out and killed him dead as a hammer. That but is crazy. What I'm saying. But to, to, my point on that hunt was, is when those turkeys got up close to me, you know, we had saw them that morning. I thought it was just a whole bunch of hens with, with four or five gobblers. Well, what it was was two mature hens, and all the rest of them were young folks. And those little turkeys were, were paying attention to every single thing the two big hens were doing. And they were the only two hens that were saying anything. The rest of them, man, they, they were just, what's mama doing? What's mama doing? Where are we going? Where are we do this like? And when they exploded, they just went in all kind of different directions. And then they wasn't in the tree a minute those hands started kicking to them, trying to figure out where everybody was like they did with the fall. So, you know, uh, again, that, that scenario you're talking about and what you ran into with your wife, I'm going to bet that the majority of those turkeys there were, were that hen's poults, and she was just doing what a mama hen does. Yeah, I, can, I mean, I, I can definitely believe that. It was, just, right. it, it was cool to see. Well, I'm on, look, I, I know that, Troy, you're on the road today, and you don't have just a ton of time, and may get out of service in a little while, but the other main subject that I wanted to get into today, and it's something that, I'm going to just say this, the first time that I ever witnessed turkey fanning, I'm going to say that it was none other than the guy that's on this podcast with us, Mr. Troy Ruiz. Troy, I don't know if you remember this, but we were hunting uh, that big field, up uh, outside of Eupora, we were having mm-hmm. trouble with those. Uh, it was about six gobblers in the field, and yep. for some some reason, uh, we well we had a strutter decoy, and we took we you did. took the man. Mobile. And I don't. This is before you had back surgery, so man, you were in a lot of pain to even do this. Mm-hmm. But you took the fan off of the decoy, and you crawled out in the field, and on your belly. You just took that fan and put your arm in there and just fanned it back and forth. And I'm going to tell you something. That was a long time ago. What was that, probably 08, 09? Mm, that would have been... 2010? No, it was before that. Shoot, it was... Um, I don't even remember the year, Rocky, but it's been a while. I remember it like it was yesterday because I was, I was in so much pain. I thought, if you don't kill this turkey, somebody's going to pick me up out of his fist. <laughs> And anyway, you know, from from that point on, now we have a world full of social media superstars, you know, going out into the field. And I, by any means, I'm not I'm not putting that down. I, look, I think it's a it's a way to kill a turkey. But you it's see it all tactic. over social yeah, media is. today. People getting behind well, these uh, these decoys and crawling out in the field. And But here's the question that I have for y'all. I've seen people make comments 
putting down people that do this. And my question to you is, good gosh, don't you think the Indians used to do that? Because they sure didn't have camouflage to hide from a turkey. I know, the, I know the Indians did it. The Indians did it on deer. They did it on buffalo. They did it on turkeys. They did it on ducks and geese. They, they built decoys. And, you know, to say that it's not fair is, is, is like saying it's not fair to go out there and roost a turkey because you know where he's at for the next morning. And, and it's not fair to bring a turkey call because you're you're deceiving him into believing that you're something else. That's that's hunting. That's 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 what we do as hunters, as gatherers. That's you know, it's it's a deception thing. We have to make them believe in this scenario to get them close to us. Um, you know, I remember when Robo Duck came out, you know, everybody was for the first couple of years it was the most incredible thing since sliced bread. It was killing ducks crazily and then everybody said that's the reason why we don't have the ducks we have anymore. Ah. I I I don't believe that, and I don't think fanning turkeys is going to um, deplete the population of the wild turkey. I think it's going to get more people involved in turkey hunting. I will tell you this: it don't kill every turkey. Um, that same place in Texas this year, where we were—I'm sorry, in Mexico this year—we um, had a group of seven gobblers <clears throat> come into a, a big food plot that we were hunting in. And they were coming, they had to come up a road and then come up onto the food plot. It was up on a little plateau, so to speak. And these seven gobblers got in the dangest fight you ever wanted to see when they first flew down. It was still kind of dark. And you see it on video. We videoed the whole thing. And when they did that, I thought to myself, shoot, when they get up here and see that strutting decoy, it's going to be Katie ball the door. They're going to get up here and all seven of them are just going to whoop this thing to pieces. Well, the first turkey came up, and he walked up to the plateau. When he got there, boom, he went straight out of strut, just stood there and looked at it. And the other seven came up behind him, and they all just stood there and looked at it. And I thought, uh-oh. And they turned around and walked off. Didn't want to have nothing to do with it. That's the second time that happened. It happened to me last year. Now, I've had them where they come in and run it over. I've had them where they see it and turn around and run off. Had two the other day in Alabama. Do the exact same thing. They came in behind me and my friend Kevin Matthews, and I had chicken on a stick sitting next to him. And they came in, and they circled the very, the far end of the food plot. And I told Kevin, I said, man, they're too far to shoot. I said, let me just lift up the mobile. Let's see what happened. I said, they'll probably come running to us because they were actually chasing a Jake. So I just picked up chicken on a stick and fanned it towards them like that. And they both picked their heads up and looked at it and took off running. And I thought, well, that's the dangest thing I've ever seen. We came back that afternoon on those same two turkeys. I called them up in another food plot that's probably 100 and uh, probably 200 yards from that food plot. With a three-quarter strut Jake decoy, those two turkeys walked into the food plot and saw that decoy and mean walked right through it and killed both of them. Go figure. Well, look, I want, I want to say this. I, I was talking to Eric Mills, which both of y'all know really well. Eric's down in Florida, hunts, hunts Osceola's, and then he drives up and mm-hmm. hunts Eastern's up in South Carolina. But, you know, Eric Eric said, and I, and I, I think it's a valid point, Eric said that, you know, he sees all of these videos online, but one of the things that he said that people could really get a hold of and do some damage to the hunting world is not the fact that crawling out in the field behind the decoy. It's the point of crawling out in the field behind the decoy or, you know, laying on your belly, and you don't kill him the first or second shot, and then you wound or injure or, you know, or let's just say wound or injure, a turkey that's gotten 40 or 50 yards because you scared him to death when you jumped up. Mm-hmm. I agree with that point. That, that to me... And, 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 that, and, and you know what? That can happen at any time. There's, there's people every year, you know, 
So unless you go hunting with a range finder and you range a decoy or range a spot in a field or in a woods, especially in the field, it's hard to tell. When you're looking down a gun barrel and you're really aiming down a gun barrel, it's hard to tell how far you are. To me, that's one of the greatest aspects of using the decoys. When you go out there and put your decoy out, you step it off on the way back, you know exactly yep. how far you're shooting. That's exactly now, right. When the, yep. guy's, when, when the guy's kneeling behind a decoy and the turkey comes running up there, I've missed him. I've had them run up so fast that I couldn't get my gun up fast enough and missed them. I've had people shoot them and, and they get away. Um, you know, the, the world of bow hunting, look at it this way. I'm not against bow hunting turkeys. Um, in, in, in my mind, this is just my opinion, and I'll probably get ridiculed for it, but I think if you're going to bow hunt turkeys, be sure that you you know your bow, you can shoot your bow, you got the poundage turned down, shoot the biggest broadhead you could possibly shoot and try to shoot them in the head because without a shadow of a doubt, there's a lot of turkeys that get shot in today's world that people want to shoot them with, with a bow, and that turkey takes flight and flies two, 300 yards and falls dead, and you never find him. Um, if you try to shoot him in the head with a big broadhead, you're either going to miss him or you're going to kill him. There's no in-between. Um, so when it comes to, to crawling on your belly and you jump up to shoot a turkey and hit him bad or you cripple him, yeah, that's going to happen, and it's also going to happen in a normal situation. I, I, I don't think that, that fanning turkeys out in the field is going to hurt the turkey population. I do feel like fanning them out in the field, if you watch everything that's happening on social media right now and you look at what everybody's doing, the majority of times when you fan a turkey out in the field, it's more than one gobbler. So it, it, it's, a, it's a pecking order thing. I've, I've had situations where one gobbler just don't like coming to it. Um, more times than they come to it. But when it's multiple gobblers, usually when, when it's multiple gobblers, they, they want to tear it to pieces because they're trying to well, outdo you know, each other. And, that's and it. Well, you know, and them. I see the same thing in, in strutter decoys. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. I've had I've had multiple tur- you know, multiple gobblers show up <laughs> together and leave together when they see a strutter decoy also. But, you know, Rocky asked me, you know, the other day we were talking, you know, how many times can you think back of when a turkey or what was the scenario from when a turkey turned around or did not want to fully commit to a strutter decoy? And and, mm-hmm. and and what were the times when they did? And usually, I mean, generally speaking, um, the times when it was multiple gobblers uh, is, when, is when they committed to a strutter decoy. Now, I've definitely killed mm-hmm. lone gobblers that, that came all the way up there, you know, to a strutter decoy, but... But and that that's my mentality on it too is you know it it it's just a uh, you know they think maybe they got you know power in numbers you know they gonna come up there and beat up on it you know together or you know it's just uh I, I'll be honest with you I killed one deal. I killed one in Florida this year um I called this is this is I'm not bragging I'm not saying I called the turkey it's all on video I called the turkey from about 800 yards across the pasture he was he was with five hens and he walked across this pasture in the middle of the day it was hot as Hades. And he came to about 70 yards, and I was sitting in a ditch in, in my, my little in my wingman chair, and I was sitting low enough where he couldn't see me. Well, once he came across that pasture and he got to the point of woods, he got in the shade because he was hot. And he just stood there strutting and spinning and strutting and spinning. He wasn't coming any, any further. And Lake was sitting behind me videoing, and Lake kept saying, Troy, he's got spurs as long as your arm. And when he told me that, I thought, well, he ain't going to come. Well, I had chicken on a stick sitting next to me. I said, Lake, we either going to kill him or spook him. I picked up chicken on a stick, and I showed him that chicken. He turned around and faced away from me, and then I picked it up, and when he, when he spun back around, he saw it. 
And he never went into a, a big fancy run or demean walking nothing. He just kind of picked his head up, went in the three-quarter strut and looked at it and started trying to make a circle around me. He was coming to me, but he went from 70 to 48 yards. And when he got to 48 yards, that was his point. He just stopped right there and he just stood there and looked and he gobbled and he just stood there and looked. And he was it was a standoff situation. And I told Lake, I said, I could kill him from here. He said, well, man, kill him. And I walked out there and the turkey had inch and five-eighth spurs and big old long beard, but to call a turkey that far away and get him to within 70 yards and then you can't get him any closer by calling to him. And I knew what was going to happen. Eventually he was going to walk into the timber with his hands because that's where they went. But he wanted to stay there and figure out what was going on. And while he was standing there cooling off, I just showed him that decoy. And it never freaked him out. In my mind, I got a 50-50 chance. I'm either going to kill him or I'm not. He didn't run to it, but he didn't run away from it. But he got close enough for me to get the shot. And, you know, it, 20 that, years ago, that, 20 years ago, old. we'd all been sitting here going, man, I got him up to 70 yards, and I just couldn't do nothing with him, but I'm going to go back after him tomorrow. Well, chances are he's probably going to do the same thing tomorrow and the same thing again. And, you know, That's what I was going to say. I'm not saying we're going to kill all the turkeys, but. Isn't that, isn't that always how it is in turkey hunting on the days that you don't, that you don't kill a turkey? It, it, it's always that they stop at a point. And, you know, I think that you talk somebody or a lot of the listeners that's listening that turkey hunt one of the most important things and and that's going out on a turkey hunt together because multiple times i've seen you get 50 or 100 yards behind me calling and it's worked Mm -hmm. you know it's something about a certain distance a turkey always gets gets to and they're trying and they they stop and they're trying to figure out that situation well, it's a comfort zone. you got to remember, they live there 365 days a year. And, and when you're sitting there calling, they know exactly where you are. I learned that from elk. It's incredible how a bull elk or a cow elk, you can call to them in the on the biggest ranch in New Mexico, and you think, you know, okay, maybe he's going to come to them. And them sun guns will walk to the rock you're sitting by and look at you. And turkeys are the same way. They know that place like the back of their hand. So they'll get to a certain spot. And you might not be able to tell, especially the gobbler, but he'll get to a spot. It may have, it may look flat as a pancake to you, but it may have a little six inch or eight or ten inch rise in, in elevation. And he gets to that spot and he realizes right there, he says, I can see everything from here. So she should come to me because that's what's supposed to happen. And he's not coming any closer. I don't care what you do. I don't care how pretty you sound. I don't care if you, you, you look like, you know, Dolly Parton. In the hen world, if he don't want to get come any closer, he ain't coming. And I've had him walk up to that certain spot, sit there, spit and drum, gobble a couple of times, and turn around and walk off like nothing ever happened. And you think, what is that all about? Well, you got to think back what they're, what they're doing. In their world, she's supposed to go to him. That's the way it works. And, you know, we have to remember that. It's it's not that we're we're terrible hunters or we're bad hunters. You know, the whole, the whole strut and decoy thing, People are going to cripple turkeys. You know, I can remember, it, and Rocky, you guys will remember this, back in the early 80s uh, when when we all started first doing DVD, I mean turkey videos. And you remember when we shot a turkey, we would get up and take off running to them. Well, that comes from our, our, our ancestors and our grandpas and our uncles that used to shoot turkeys with two and three-quarter number sevens uh, and paper shells back in the day. And you had to hurry up and run out there and put your foot on his neck because you probably just knocked him out. Well, in today's world... <laughs> nobody hardly runs. Nobody runs the turkeys anymore because we're shooting loads and guns nowadays. That, especially now with TSS and all the stuff that's coming out, you know, people are bragging about killing turkeys at sixty, seventy, and eighty yards. But 
we're making shells better, but we're shooting them a whole heck of a lot closer. I, I can't tell you last, other than that turkey I shot in Florida this year that was 48 yards, every turkey I've killed in the last three years has been within 20 yards and in. So it, it's, it's, and people are shooting with 410s now, and they're shooting them with, you know, most people are hunting with 20 gauges. So we, we, we've changed the way we do things. We're, we're, we're killing turkeys respectfully and ethically. And, and I think the whole fanning thing, it's just, it's just another tactic to, to hunt the wild turkey that makes that hunt that much more exciting and bring that hunt to you and make that gobbler do something that, that he's bred to do. He's, he's bred to fight. It's, it, he's got to fight for the girl. We do it for whitetail, rattle, we grunt, they come in, we shoot them. Elk, we call to them, we sound like a Bro, bunch let, of cows. Hey, I want to ask you this. It's a lot of people listening to this. I've seen y'all multiple, multiple times elk hunting on TV. It's multiple, multiple times tur- turkey hunting on TV. How valuable is it to get somebody, say, 100 yards behind you? you the, know, magic behind number you. In, the magic because number. Because I see you and Brad doing it all the time. In the new video, we stress it in the new DVD that just came out. I just finished editing it, but... In the new DVD, I can't tell you how many times we stress it. 150 yards is the magical distance, um, depending on the terrain. There's a couple of hunts, and we we really we we really did a good job this year explaining it. And it depends on the terrain, but you got to remember again, those animals live there 365 days a year. We visit it 10 days out of the season. They know every little inch and every little spot. They know where they want to be. They know where they're comfortable, and they know where they don't want to go. But if you know how to read the terrain and understand what the animals do and how you can can go over a little lip or get behind a rock or use a rock face and crawl through a rock face and get over the other side and call those elk. Uh, one hunt in particular that I think of on our elk video, um, Brad and I, I'm filming Brad, and, and these elk are out in this big, wide-open uh, meadow, and it's a rock face behind us. Well, there's a, there's a gap in the rock face, and that's where those elk always travel. Well, Brad and I got to the right, left side of the rock face, and Wilbur and Miss Mary and Frank Anderson, who owns the ranch that we were hunting on, went over that rock face and were calling below that rock face. Well, that elk had two choices, go through the gap in the rock or go up to the rock face and jump off. What you think he's going to do? He left the whole herd and walked right to the gap, and we were 20 yards to the left side of the gap, and he walked right by us because he was going to Wilbur. Wilbur came up, challenged him. My hunt in particular on, on the elk video um, we were on some bulls. We were right over a little rise. This bull was bugling. He was bedded up. He wouldn't move, wouldn't move, wouldn't move. Wilbur was 150 yards behind me. Brad was 120. Wilbur decides to come up to challenge the bull, so he's bugling as he's coming closer, and he's coming to me. And I'm telling, I'm talking on camera. I'm telling the viewers what Wilbur's doing is he's coming up to challenge this bull. And this bull starts coming closer, Wilbur's going to fall back and try to pull him. But before I could get the words out of my mouth that the bull bugles and will was bugling at the same time so will didn't hear him so i'm trying to whistle to will to get his attention about that time live on camera you see the bull come over the ridge and wilbur's just standing in the wide open well he just has to melt to the ground so the bull walks by wilbur i I thought the bull was going to step on him i had to call the bull back the bull winds up doing a big circle just like a turkey or deer would do makes a big circle to my left and i wind up shooting him behind me but (laughs) It just goes to show you that that magic distance that, you know, that will pull them far enough. It's it's a hundred to hundred fifty yards. Turkeys, 
60, 70, 80 yards. Yep. It just depends on the terrain. You know, talk, talking about that, uh, very similar happened to, to, to me and my wife turkey hunting about two weeks ago. Um, we were hunting, and, and, well, it was that morning that hen came up and and got with the gobbler, and they came out in the logging road together. Uh, when they came out in the logging road together, eh, they were right on that, that 50 yard range or so. And, and anyway, Katie didn't shoot him, but he stood there. Uh, stood there strutting, and the road kind of made a bend uh, down in front of us and went back up to the top of another ridge. Well, you know, 20 minutes before that, there was another turkey, a couple of yards from us, gobbling in that direction, and, and it looked like the hen and this gobbler were going to go to him. Well, I had a fan, just a fan, you know, with me, and I laid it right there on the ground, and I'm sitting up toward the top of the hill, and I said, well, if he, and what he kept doing was he would, he would strut around, around, around in the bend of that logging road. And I said, well, next time he goes around the bend, I'm going to ease his fan up. When he comes back around, he's going to look up, you know, halfway up this, this ridge on his logging road and see it. And we'll just see what happens. I mean, it, it was, you know, he was out there 60, 70 yards at this point. I said, I'm going to see what happens. Well, <laughs> so I ease it out. Uh, you know, I could, I, I could see him through the trees and could tell he was, he was going away from me at the time. Well, then he. He turns back around, and he's going, you know, strut back toward us, you know. And and I ease that fan up, and no sooner than I did it, he dropped strut and and running. And I said, oh, crap. Mm -hmm. Well, so, but Katie, (laughs) my poor wife, sitting down there 20, 25 yards in front of me, she doesn't even know that that I just, I mean, she knew I had the fan and knew that, that, you know, it was a possibility, but I didn't tell her, you know, so so you know she's she's getting up on her gun at this point because she's thinking the same thing I am. He's just gonna run right up here. Well, he gets to about forty yards and he dives off the hill. He, he just he just dives off back down into the into the little holler he came from. Him and the hen both. I said, what in the crap happened? I said, well, I got to looking. I, I you know, of course, I'm trying to blame myself a hundred different ways. Then I said, well, maybe he scared me. Or maybe something happened. Whatever. Well, the next thing I know. The hen comes back. Well, I thought it was the hen. A turkey runs across the road really fast, right back you know, across to the right side. And now our right side drops way, I mean, really steep, drops way off down in there. And I can't see the turkey anymore, but I can tell Katie can see him and just by just looking at her body language. And I had put the fan down by this point. So I was just sitting there just filming, just trying to figure out what was going on. I hear a turkey cluck. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this turkey cluck close. I'm watching Katie, and when that turkey clucked, she jumped a little bit. I mean, and I thought, <laughs> you know, well, uh, a head popped up, and, and on our right side popped up, and then I could hear turkeys going off down in in that bottom. And I said, what in the world has happened, you know? And this whole time, uh, you know, it kind of got to a point, I quit messing with the camera, I just had it on record, facing down, you know, kind of over Katie's shoulder down the, down the road. And, and so I really wasn't watching through the camera anymore. Turns out I got it all on film. But what happened was, I, after a few minutes, everything calmed down. I crawled down there to Katie. I said, what happened? She said, did you not see him? I said, well, yeah, I saw this turkey. I said, I thought, you know, and she said, that's not the one I'm talking about. She said, I'm talking about the one that came running off the top of that other hill and beat the tar out of him right down there, about 70 yards in front of us. And ran him off, and that's why he came running back across in front of us. And I just started laughing. She said, "What?" I said, "Well, I thought he was running toward us because <laughs> because he could see that fan." She said, "Oh, well, you're the reason I about got run over." And I said, "Well, what are you talking about?" 
She said, well, the other gobbler ran this one off and then came running up. (laughs) And I never saw it. Now, look, we got it all on film. I didn't even know it. But he came, he he runs this turkey off and then makes a beeline for me. And it was just marching straight at Katie. And she was turned to the left and couldn't turn over there and shoot him. And he clucked because he saw her. I mean, he, he was in her lap. And I said, oh, oops, <laughs> sorry. You know, I didn't know any of that. I didn't even know any of that had taken place. But, but you know, kind of the same deal is, you know, I, I guess that turkey could see that fan. Or maybe he caught it through the woods or whatever. Or he Anyway, he saw that other gobbler, ran him off, and then he made a beeline. But he didn't come up the road. He came up the side of the ridge, and I never knew. I never even knew he existed, ever. Never. <laughs> I never knew. And she, she said, Man, well, you're I, the real. If I'd have been you, I'd have been sitting on that road the next day with a, with a strutting decoy right in the middle of that road and, and never said a word and just keep your safety off. That's exactly right. Well, the next day was was, was Easter, so we, we let them <laughs> rest. But, but yeah, I mean, that was that's exactly what I said. I said a strutting decoy would kill that turkey, um, but or, or should, in theory, because, I mean, he was... Yeah. But, look, and I never... I, I Seriously, we got back home, you know, three or four hours later, and, uh, and I said, man, I'm going to go back and watch because I just knew I had the camera pointed in that direction. And, and sure enough, you can see him in the edge of the frame <laughs> just marching straight up that ridge. I said, well, my bad. But but anyway, it's kind of the same deal. You know, he he was being challenged, and, and he was ready to fight. That's what makes turkey hunting so fun. And, and, and it's, you know, that's why everybody chases the rut. You know, and yeah, everybody goes during the rut during deer season because that's when they – that's when the big ones are on their feet and up and moving, and it's, it's the same thing with turkeys. It's the same thing with elk. Um, you know, gosh dang it, turkey hunting so much fun. It's it's, you know, if you mess up, the good thing is if you mess up, you hunt him again another day. He's not going anywhere. And and so many people think that you know, you get on a turkey in the morning, he shuts up or he gobbled going away. He he left the property. You're never going to see him again. They don't go anywhere. They don't go far at all. Um, we had one the other morning hunting on the Pearl River um, with a friend of mine and turkey gobbling going away from us. And I looked at him. I, I, I didn't even know the property. I just went with him that morning. I said, correct me if I'm wrong. I said, but that turkey is right by the truck. He said, oh, yeah. I said, huh. And then the turkey shut up. And I said, well, he probably got with hens or, or he's standing at the truck. So we eased out to the main road and looked down the main road. And that sucker standing in the road 30 yards from the truck looking at the truck but there's a bunch of hand tracks all over that road so what i figured out that turkey was doing because he did it twice he's going out to that main road and that's where he stands to intercept the hens when they're coming out of those thickets it's a four-way but he's standing there i'm telling you if if i would have stepped out in the road and shot the turkey i'd have shot the windshield out of my truck (laughs) (laughs) and it it didn't bother me one bit and my, my buddy looked at me and says what do we do now i said nothing I said he ain't gonna come, and I said, I said the best thing to really do is just let him walk off, or just step out in the road and let him run off. I said he's not going anywhere; he'll be right here tomorrow. And um, I hadn't had a chance to go back and hunt with him since, and that would have been uh, last Saturday. And we didn't hunt Sunday, and he's been busy ever since. I tried to get him to go this morning, but he was busy, so I, I showed him what I thought the turkey was doing and where he was roosting and where I thought he needed to be. So hopefully he'll go in the next day or two and sit on the edge of that slough when he flies down and starts walking up that one little lane he'll pop him he's never killed a turkey and that wouldn't be it wouldn't nothing would make me feel any better to know that he killed that turkey on his own by 
by figuring him out because he was one of those guys that was asking a million questions. He's a heck of a deer hunter, but he's never turkey hunted. And as we were talking about what that was turkey that turkey was doing for the past two the two days that we hunted him, and then going in there and looking at the terrain, looking where he was roosting, looking at the the pine plantation, how it's cut, and what the turkey's using to travel, and how he's getting around water. He looked at me and says, well, gosh, dang, it makes perfect sense. He says, I could sit right here and never have to say a word and kill him if he does that. I said, exactly. I said, you know, a, a, a decoy, a turkey call, nothing, nothing as a hunter, nothing takes precedence over good woodsmanship. If you pay attention in the woods and every time you go hunting, if you don't learn something, shame on you. You should have never went. And if you go hunting and don't learn something, and thank God, for giving you the ability to learn something that day. Shame on you for that as well. Yeah, I think that I've heard you said that in the first podcast that you were on uh, a couple of months ago, and I've actually heard people repeat that. You know, that that is that is the truest statement that can be said about hunting. If you don't learn something every time you go, you should just quit. That's everyday life. If we don't if we don't learn something in everyday life, whether it's whether it's biblical, not biblical, whether it's just every if we don't learn something and gather some sport form of information, goodness gracious, I feel like I just wasted my day. That is so true. Lord and Lord no Lord knows I ain't no Einstein by no means. <laughs> well you know a lot about turkeys and man, I, I, I sure appreciate you coming on on short notice on your trip down to Vicksburg and back. I'm glad you had phone service to be able to talk to us about fanning and um, talking about boss hens today. It's been a great podcast. I'll tell you, Rock, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, we, we make the decoys. I, I, I believe in them. I know they work. But their situations, I carry it with me every time I go, but their situations where I'll sit down and I'm like, mm, I'm not going to use it here. Case in point, in Florida. I had it with me. We sat down. I said, we're not going to use a decoy. If that joker comes across that field, I want him to come over here looking. And I'll be dang. I mean, it's incredible to watch the footage because the heat monkeys are so bad, you can't even hardly see the turkey. Just He looks all deformed when he's coming across the field. He strutted across that long field. And when he got up there, I said, okay, we ain't got it. it we're either going to kill him or we're not. Let's see what happens. I just want to see if this is going to get him close enough. And sure enough, it, it made it, it, it gave me it gave me that twenty yards I needed. And then, you know, there are the times where you got it out there, and turkeys come strutting out of the woods. They open up into an open field. They see it, turn around, walk right back in the woods. So it's 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 not foolproof. You know, it's it it helps. It's like anything. Um, to me, calling turkeys is giving that turkey a scenario and making it making it so believable and so realistic that he has to come and investigate. And then when you give him something to think about or you give him something in his mind where he thinks there's a party going on, and then when he does show up and he does see a little bit of a party going on, then it makes it even better. You remember back in the day when people were using blue herons as confidence decoys and <laughs> on the East Coast they were putting seagulls? Well, to me, if you build confidence in that wild game, that's the ticket. You just got to make, make them confident. Yeah, I, I bought one of those in the late '90s when they first came out. I remember when the, the great blue herons came out. Looks so good, I put it in my mama's front yard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, guys, uh, Troy, I know you got to get to Vicksburg, and I know you got to get unloaded and get back. 
Um, but before we go, we want to thank Joe. Before we go, we want to thank Joseph Presley at Four Corner Properties. And if you're looking for a piece of deer, turkey, or duck hunting land, Joseph Presley at Four Corner Properties is the guy to give a shout out to. 601-540-7240. Um, Joseph was the 2016 Recreational Real Estate Agent of the Year. You can find him at 4cplandonhomes.com. Troy, man, thank you. Thank you for coming in on True Notice. Thank you for the information that you laid out on the table for everybody. And I, well, look, I think that I think the statement that you made, you know, this information that you gave about fanning and boss hens, yeah, it'll always be there. But there's no truer statement, and I hope that everybody hears and listens to what Troy said. If you're not learning something every single time you go hunting. Look, I got it. That's right. Every every day of the year, 50 days out of the year, 55 days out of the year, every out of a 60-day season, every for 21 years, 20 years, I learned something every time I went out there. I learned something about different species or different situation. If you're not learning something, just, man, quit. You need to give it up. Yeah, you, you're, you're out there for the wrong reasons. I, I say that, you know, there's people that go for the numbers. There's people that go for the kill. You know, there's there's those that go for the thrill, and then there's those that we're, we're intrigued enough that we want to know as much about it. Because think about it. Those are God's creatures. They rely on him, just like the Bible says, you know, I, I take care of my birds. I take care of them. How much how much more are you if I take care of birds of the, of the air? They rely 100% on their God-given gifts, their instinct, and to learn from them, for me, to learn from them, I learn more about God on how he how he expects me to be and, and, and the type of person I should be. Because you, you out there every morning, you're watching it come up, the sun come up and the sun go down, and, you know, we were talking before the podcast started, everybody was really worried about turkey season this year. They said turkey season was going to be over before it even starts because it was warm. And I'm like, no. No, God starts his 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 season and his day every every day and every season at the same time every year. And, and those animals know by the angle of the sun and the daylight hours what time of the year it is for them. It has nothing to do with the temperature. It has nothing to do with the trees budding out. It has nothing to do with the dogwoods because the dogwoods usually bloom at the same time every year anyway. So God's got them programmed to do what they do, and he made them perfect and they're not going to change, and we're not going to change them. We just got to adapt by what they do and, and learn something from them. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it can be said any better than that. Oh, Man, well, that's I, a lot. I really uh, good stuff. Appreciate right you, there. you know, coming on here with us. It's been a, it's been another fun one, and I know you got a, a trip ahead of you. Y'all leaving out tomorrow, yeah, or the next day. Or... I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow morning to head to Kentucky for a couple of days, and then we're going to Kansas. I I wish we would have called each other last week, that whole week of Easter, because I was kind of at the house doing some editing and putting together some stuff for YouTube, but I was actually looking for somewhere to go turkey hunting. I had nowhere to go, and I was like, dang, I wonder who I could call. But, you know, I, I don't like to bug nobody, but go ahead and put this in both of y'all's memory bank. Next year, uh, somewhere around the second week of April, I'm usually pretty slow because – I'm not doing a bunch here, and, and the Midwest states aren't open, so um, I don't care to kill you turkeys. I just like to go and learn something every time I go. 
Oh, we'll definitely get together and do it then. That'll be that'll be a lot of fun. I'm right, guys. Well, well, we're gonna shut her down. Troy, Josh, thank y'all guys. A lot of great stuff here today for for the guys that love turkey hunting. We want to thank you for joining this edition of the On the X podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com.